Welcome everyone to Two Brain Radio. It is our mission at Two Brain to provide one million entrepreneurs the freedom to live the life that they choose. Join us every week as we discover the very best practices to achieve perfect day and move you closer to wealth. Everybody hates their insurance company until they need their insurance company. My insurance recommendation is Von Vernon of Affiliate Guard. Before I get into this story, I want to make it clear here that I don't get any kickback for recommending Vaughn, but I've done it so many times. Whenever anybody online asks a question about insurance companies, I always say Affiliate Guard. Here's why. Years ago, when we affiliated with CrossFit, my insurance company dumped me, uh, citing quote-unquote tractor pulls that we were going to be doing, whatever the hell that is. I've never pulled a tractor in my life. Um, I've driven lots of tractors and I can tell you, I don't think I could pull one if I wanted to, but that's besides the point. At that time, the person who swooped in and saved CrossFit gyms in Canada was Joanne Legal. And if you're in Canada, I recommend talking to her, period. You don't have to talk to her first. You don't have to talk to her last. Just talk to her, period. If you're in the States though, I recommend Affiliate Guard because The program that I get through Joanne in Canada is really, really awesome and all-inclusive. Joanne's personality, though, is what keeps me with their company. In the States, Affiliate Guard is run by Von Vernon, a massive personality, a CrossFitter, a jiu-jitsu guy. He drives dirt bikes. He has good-looking kids, all that stuff, and his policy is the best. It's really, really tough to tell when you're reading your policy if the benefits are the same as someone else's because they obscure stuff on purpose. It's just like taxes. However, when I'm looking at my policy, I ask myself, will that guy get up in the middle of the night and help me out? This weekend was a great example of Vaughn's personality. One of my friends and clients down in Florida had their garage door smashed open by a Mustang that was doing donuts in the parking lot. And they texted me at 6 a.m. on a Sunday and I wanted to help. So I texted Vaughn. He's two hours behind me and he responded right away. Your insurance company is not going to do that. As I said at the start of this, Everybody hates their insurance company until they need insurance. And when you do need insurance, you want them to answer the damn phone on a Sunday morning. And you want to talk to the head man and you just want to know everything's going to be okay. With Affiliate Guard, it is. Hello and welcome to the Two Rain Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Mateo Lopez. I'm one of the digital marketing mentors at Two Rain Business. Thank you for joining us. And this is going to be your weekly dose of digital marketing magic, where every week we're going to go over marketing campaign strategies useful tips, updates to keep you in the loop, and we'll go over stories from some of our current clients so you can hopefully learn from them and their experience in navigating the ever-changing landscape of advertising on the internet for your business. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest, Jen from CrossFit Sandpoint, and we're going to learn about her and her business and how she was able to really utilize some of the strategies we we teach in the course to generate over $7,000 in front-end revenue from just a little over 400 bucks in advertising spend. So hello, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for jumping on. So first question for you, who are you, where you're from, what's your business, and tell us a little bit about it. So my name is Jen Marquardt, and with my husband, Kenny, we own CrossFit Sandpoint. Started the gym about seven years ago. Moved here from California. We live in, we now live in Northern Idaho, so almost to Canada. 
Like That's 30. a pretty big difference. Uh, yeah, it was a huge difference. We went to school in Southern California, loved it, lived the beach life, and then really wanted to start a gym. And doing that in Santa Barbara was just incredibly cost prohibitive. And so we've been coming up to Northern Idaho for summers and skiing and decided that we wanted to make it our home. And seven years later, we never left. We love it here. And we've got a pretty successful business. So I run, my husband runs the programming, the operations, that side of it. And I do the marketing and business development because that's what my background is in. Awesome. Yeah. What was it? What was it like starting up the gym? I mean, it kind of sounds like you uprooted your life and moved kind of to, I mean, you had some familiarity with the area since you've been going there for vacations and whatnot, but you know, what was that, what was that process like? It was crazy. We actually didn't even think we were going to stay in this town. We just thought, well, we'll come for a summer. We'll hang out at the lake. We'll just take some time off and then we'll figure out what our plan is going to be. And the longer we were here, the more we just felt like this is where we're being drawn to stay. There wasn't a CrossFit gym in town. You know, it's a tiny town. It's growing. But when we moved here, there were 7,000 people. So we started looking into, is there another CrossFit gym? There wasn't, but there were these two guys that had like a tiny garage space. And it was basically like you press in a key code. They had some, you know, they had a small rig and some bar, some weights and barbells. And so they were from the community and we said, Hey, we're going to start a CrossFit gym. Like, would you guys like, we're going to start a legit gym with coaches and all of those things. Like, would you guys be interested in partnering with us? And they said, yes. And you know, partnership is tricky and difficult and all those things, but um, it was great because they knew the community and they had connections. And so that really helped us get our foot in the door and start in a tiny little space. And then we moved to a bigger space and then that was next door. And then we took over the small space again. And, and then three years later, ended up buying them out and now just own the business, the two of us. So. Oh, wow. So you moved in next door to them? So we moved in with them. So we all started the business together and then there was an open space next door that was larger. So as we grew, we took that over and moved out of the small space. And then like three months later, took the small space over again. So. Wow. That's awesome. What was it like in those early days trying to run the run the ops yourselves and, and trying to grow and trying to also live? It was crazy because so I obviously we couldn't both work in the gym like with having two partners also like it wasn't going to be possible. So I had a full time corporate job um, while Kenny was running the gym. And in those early days, he did everything. I mean, he was the janitor. He coached 30 classes a week. We did no personal training, no nutrition, nothing. There was nothing extra. It was just him coaching. And, you know, I would help, I would pop in and help as I could in the nights and the weekends and things like that. I mean, we painted every wall in this place. We hung every rig, we put every piece of flooring in, you know, all those, all those things. It's the true blood, sweat and tears, right? I mean, that's how you build something literally six months after we started the gym, I got pregnant. So we were also raising (laughs) our newborn son during all of this too, um, which is an adventure, (laughs) but look back on that and see how far you've come too. So, and what, you know, for, for people, cause there are a lot of people who they're thinking about owning a, opening a business or buying out an existing business. It sounds like you kind of did a, a hybrid where you, you partnered up with an existing business and then, but also kind of bought them out down the line. So do you have any advice for people who are considering taking on a financial partner 
or maybe they're the they're the money behind it and they want to take on an operating partner. Do you have any advice for people who are thinking about doing something like that when starting their business or or maybe even halfway through their their business's life cycle? Yeah, first call us because we can tell you all the things we did wrong. You know, I think a bit, like we had a contract, but I don't think we really talked through buyout and what that would look like. We didn't have super clear roles and tasks. So what that meant is that the, so they were kind of the, they were the money and Kenny was, we were also the money, but we were also doing all the work and things that got tricky were like, they wanted him to clock in and out for vacation time. And like all these things that you would net, like going in with good faith and you're thinking that everybody has each other's best interests at heart. And you really want to think through like, what your day-to-day is going to look like, what everybody's piece of the puzzle is going to be, you know, all the things that we do in Two Brain from just like a regular business perspective, you know, apply that to your partnership as well. And I would actually say if you don't have to take money, don't, like, if you can do it on your own, do it on your own, it takes longer, that's okay. You know, we ended up spending a lot of money to buy them out, which now is totally worth it. We have freedom to run our business, but I were to look back, I would have probably said we could have probably done it on our own and would have saved ourselves a lot of hassle and a lot of money. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I think that those are all great points. I think, I think you take on a partner when you think it's going to buy you a little bit of speed, yeah. help you get somewhere a little bit faster, but yeah, you definitely have to do the math because you know, if you're going to end up spending that money down the line anyway. And I will say we had a particularly difficult partner, you know, so know who you're getting into bed with, like really, ex- and I, this sounds so pessimistic, but expect the worst and create a plan based on the worst. And if it goes better than that, then you're prepared, you know? I don't think that's, I don't think that's cynical or pessimist. I think that's just good advice. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So it sounds like Kenny was, was grinding. You had your hands full with your full-time job and the newborn. So what was the impetus for looking into two brain and Chris and, and sign up with the incubator. You know, I think we're at this really actually comfortable spot, right? You know, we were turning between 120 and 150 members, you know, we were making enough money to support the gym, support a full-time income um, and, you know, put money away and do all those things. And I think Kenny started to feel like, okay, well, this is great, but I don't want to build myself a job. I want to build a company. Right. And so he looked into a couple different business membership uh, or business mentorship programs and settled on two brains. So he actually started the incubator process before I came on board in any real capacity. So Danny was our mentor. She was fantastic. And he actually went through the incubator and then we took a couple months off before we started the growth stage. Cause it's a lot like he, we didn't have any extra help at that point. Like, so he was trying to do the whole incubator while still coaching a ton of classes and not having any coaches that were working more than like five shifts a week. Yeah. I mean, it takes, I mean, a lot of what, a lot of the value I got out of the, out of the incubator when I went through was just figuring out roles and tasks and hiring people and, and learning how to delegate, but that takes time. You know, you're, you're not going to find someone, you know, right away to start helping you. And even if you do, you know, there's training involved, there's development, and that can take time. And everyone's different where they are in their journey. You know, sometimes people already have a staff of five, and it's just re, re shifting the mindset of your team. Or you have no one like it sounds like Kenny, and, and you didn't have anyone. And so finding that finding the, those people who can help and training them up that all takes time. So it totally makes sense, especially if you're the solo operator to 
going to take a little while to get through the important work that needs to get done to get you to the next level. So, so it sounds like what, what, what was the next level Kenny was trying to get to? It sounds like you, you know, he felt this kind of dissatisfaction. I know you said that he wanted to build a business, you know, what was he trying to, think, what next level was he trying to get to? Yeah. I think all of a sudden it became clear, like, all right, we want more than this. We want to a create jobs for people. And selfishly, we wanted to create a job for me. You know, like I'm, I was working outside of the business. Kenny was feeling like the pull that he really needed my help on things. And I didn't have the time to do that. And we had this desire, like, I know that if we like jump in and do the work, like I can build myself a job. Like that's not a problem. We can make that money. It's scary to take the leap, but we knew we could do it. We really wanted that guidance of like, let's just not, let's not waste our time, which I think is really the incredible value of what two brain gives, right? From whether it's marketing or whether it's the um, growth program, it's like, here are the steps. Like, yes, you could figure this out on your own. You could do all this. You could toil away for years. You're going to waste a lot more money um, and you're going to get really frustrated. And what do we do? We coach people. So we should hire a coach, you know, and it just became really clear that that was the best way to get there the most expeditiously. And then what were the changes you saw? I mean, it sounds like you were able to grow the business to where you, you were able to quit your full-time job eventually, but what else did you see? What were the changes you saw uh, after going through the process? Really just our mindset, right? Of like, and we're still working on it. Like we're not hundred percent there yet. I will say that we are still in the process of giving tasks and roles away, but it was really like, what is our time best spent doing and who else can do these other things? And really it becomes clear, like, Coaching classes is not the best use of your CEO or your owners or whatever term you're using time. It just, just doesn't. So really getting a staff of people that could help us with that, figuring out how to empower people to do their jobs and then step back, writing processes and procedures and really having, you know, we say like, if we get hit by, if both of us get hit by a bus, like, is this business going to run? is it going to support our child? Like now I feel confident. Like I used to have, I was telling Kenny this the other day, I would have nightmares when I wasn't involved in the business because I knew nothing. And I would think like, what happened? Like it, what happens if Kenny gets sick? You know, I mean, his dad died young. So that's just a reality for us. We think about it all the time. It's like, I know nothing. Like I don't know the books. I don't know how to coach. I don't know how to write programming. You know, I it was like this business, if he were to go like, would not, it would be dead. So I think that was the impetus for us to really say, like, we got to create something that is beyond us. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's the true test, right? It's like, can you, can you leave, can you step away from your business for two, for two weeks and it not burn down? Um, and it sounds like you were able to really get to that point, which is awesome. And so I want to talk a little bit about your growth after having done some of the work in the marketing section of the incubator before I do that in your own words, what it is, what is it that you sell and how do you sell it? Uh, well, we are a CrossFit standpoint and our goal is to make you healthier, stronger and live the best life that you can do that through personal training, nutrition and group classes. But what we really provide is high accountability um, for you to reach your goals. Wow. That might be the most concise, most, Really? <laughs> yeah, that might be the best. The not, I don't want to say the best response to that question I've gotten, but it was it was pretty good. Yeah, no, it was pretty. That was pretty uh, on point there. I love it. Okay, now yeah, but let's talk about that. Let's get into the nitty gritty. So, how do you generate the interest 
to sell that, right? How do you, how do you get people in the door? And then once they are coming through, once they have inquired, how do you end up selling them? So, I mean, I think before taking the marketing course, it was basically a hundred percent, you know, referral. Like that was how we got people in. We did not, I mean, we did Facebook posts, but it wasn't every once in a while we'd be like, this for $15, but that was about all we did. I have always been super interested in the digital marketing, marketing piece of things, but it felt like I remember talking to you and being like, so I was just always like really overwhelmed and I didn't know where to start. And so when we started the two brain course, I feel like it just gave us this really actionable roadmap of exactly what to do. Um, And it went from being like, Oh, we get like a no sweat intro here and a no sweat intro there to like a consistent stream of leads and people in the door. I will say that they are not all quality, right? Some of them suck, (laughs) but I think it really helped hone my skills and learn how to handle objections, which I always like, I can talk to anybody, but when it, when it came to like making the sale and asking for that, I let, we would, and Kenny too, would, we'd let so many people walk out the door, you know? And I think going through that course really helped me understand like how important it is. Like if someone's taking that step to get into the door, like they want to change and like, you have to show them how to get there. And I think when we started taking the approach of like, it's prescriptive rather than salesy, it feels so much better. I know I kind of hopped around there. I'm not sure. If no, I no, that's great. And so, yeah. And I think, I think you're bringing up some good points. You know, when you pay traffic and, and generating leads in that way is going to be totally different than someone who's referred, right? If someone who's referred, that's someone, your current member who referred their friend, they, they've done half the selling for you already, right? When you have, when you put an ad out, it's going to take a little bit more work on our end, but we can't control referrals with this paid ads, like we, we can control that. So I think that that's the trade-off and, uh, and I think it's ultimately worth it. And I think you've, you've seen that too with your campaigns. And so when someone inquires, what happens? So I, I was, I'm glad you asked that because I think one of the great things that going through this made us realize is that we had giant gaps in, um, our client funnels. Essentially we didn't really have one, you know? And so, we actually made the decision because we were so busy that we just decided we're going to go to up launch because they've got that dialed. They've got it. Like we don't, I don't have to set up a text messaging and a Zapier and all of that. I can just have them do the whole thing. So um, when someone inquires, they get a text message and an email initially, you know, I've been working with like a little bit. So we've been playing around with like how involved I am in that initial process Usually I'll, you know, if they respond to a text message, then that's when I will start to engage in the process. We don't have a sales manager yet. So when we do, I'll probably have that person reach out via phone, via phone call right now. We just don't have the capacity to do that. So they get a text message. Uh, usually, you know, if they don't sign up for a no sweat, then I'll, I will reach out to them and try and get them to do that. But the automation helps just make that happen without having to think about it, which is really nice. And then they'll book a no sweat intro and then they will, then we'll send them, we send a confirmation text message 24 hours before where they have to reply. Yes, that has helped. I know there's been a lot of talk in the group about no shows cannot recommend that enough. It's like cut our no shows down by like 75% probably. Wow. Just having that confirmation reply. Yes, you for coming. Yes. It's like the simplest 
thing. But, um, you know, and we're at a, sp- we're at a spot right now where we're getting pretty full. So I'm at a spot where it's like, I just want somebody that really wants to be in here. <laughs> and if they don't, that's okay. Maybe they'll be ready down the road and we'll continue to um, foster that relationship through emails and texts and all those things. But like, I'm not, I don't have the time to chase down 25 people a week, you know? So I want them to take that. Like if they're going to take the step to get in here, they're more likely to show up to classes and they're more likely to stay long-term. Totally. And so let's say uh, they reply, yes, they come in through the door. What happens? Uh, so generally I will offer them a cup of coffee um, and then I will give them a tour of the gym. I don't. You offer them a coffee? Yes. Wow. Fancy. You know, a little just Keurig machine. It's not, fa- I like it, which you could see it's not fancy at all. Um, but it's, I think that's just like a nice step of like, Hey, can I get you a cup of coffee? Nine, like I've had two people say yes over the years, but it's just a way of kind of breaking the ice a little bit. And then we just take a quick tour of the gym and I literally just stand in one of the rooms and kind of, sh- I don't get too fancy about it. I just, cause that's not really what they care about. I just want them to I wasn't showing people the gym and then I'd like get ready to sign somebody up and they'd be like, well, can I see the gym? And then we do that. And it was weird to get them back to the desk. So I've just started doing that. And it seems boring. Yeah. I love that. If that's, if that's an objection, like a soft objection, that kind of prevents you like, let's, let's, let's overcome that at the beginning. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. This is the gym. If you think it's too like rough or whatever, then, then it's not going to work anyway. So and then we just sit down and we go through the no sweat intro form, you know, and I really think that's one thing that I changed a lot is I go through every single one of those questions. Now, if I think somebody is like kind of a halfway self, you know, if somebody is like they walk in the door, I have CrossFit experience, I'm ready to get this done. I'll still go through some of them, but I might not ask all the questions about like envision your life in five years or, you know, those ones. So I tailor it a little bit, but for the most part, I stick to that form because it opens up so much opportunity to sell (laughs) and to create a plan that's right for that person. Someone may walk in the door saying they want group classes and then you have that conversation and actually their schedule doesn't work at all with group classes and they definitely need to do personal training to make it work. So, Oh, you guys have a private office for this too? I have a private office. We have two private offices, which is great actually. So one is on the floor, but no one can walk in and out of the office. So it's like not our front office. So I'll use that like during our really busy times because I know somebody's not going to walk in the front door or if it's kind of on our off hours, then I'll use our bigger office. So I have the flexibility. Nice. So what I love about that, that first part is you giving them something. And I think people, people can do that, you know, even if it's just a bottle of water or something small, but giving them something that kind of establishes that reciprocity principle where, you know, you're setting the stage, you're setting the tone, you're offering them something. And now there may be, you know, it it just, it's kind of like sales one-on-one, you know, you want to get that reciprocity thing going so that they're feeling more inclined to offer something else in return, which I think is awesome. And I love how you have a separate place that's quiet and you don't have loud music and clanging and banging going on, or you can have a conversation because that's really what it is. Like you're having a conversation, which I think the prescriptive model helps you do and taking the no sweat approach helps you do. You, when you're thinking about like where you're going to do this is to remember that a lot of clients are really anxious about coming into a gym. They're intimidated by barbells. They're intimidated by dropping weights. If they see somebody like, like my four thirty class is, 
crazy athletes, right? Like if a 70 year old comes in and wanting to get started, they're probably not going to be in that class anyways, but they see that they're going to feel like this is not the right spot for them. So I just think just being really cognizant about like how much you're showing people, not in a bad way, just like you want to make them, you know, that you're going to create a good environment for them once they're in the door. And I'm not going to suggest that 430 class to that person, but they might see it and think, well, every class is that way. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I I think regardless of how amazing your community is, someone with knee sleeves and who's jacked is still like, it's an intimidating experience regardless, you know? So you've come a long way, right? You, You went from this point where Kenny was doing, wearing all the hats and the business was really only supporting him to this point where you're able to take over multiple locations, expand your space, expand your business, pave the way to have and support a larger staff, yourself included, and, and buy out your old partners. What do you think has been the, the key to your success so far? It sounds so cliche, but playing the long game. Really thinking, not thinking, and it's so hard as a business owner because you just want to see that money in your bank account and you want to be able to do the things. And I think it's really easy to take shortcuts. But for us, it's just been like one step at a time, play the long game, meaning I know what the year looks like. And I'm going to plan that something's going to take a year and if it takes three months. That's awesome. So kind of always over planning and then hoping that it goes a little bit faster. And then taking risks, you know, like, when I left my job, I made a great salary, it was big chunk of what we were living off of. And so it was really scary. And I just kind of had it and said, we're just going to do this. Like, and my job actually let me go part-time and then transition out. And that was really scary, but it also lit a fire under us to say, this has to happen. Like we have to do this. And so I think putting yourself in a little bit of an uncomfortable position and knowing that that is going to fuel you to do the work and make the change. Well, on that note, I think we got it. I think we're done. Thank you so much for coming on. And then uh, hopefully, are you going to the summit? Will I see you at the summit? We have a wedding to go to. Oh, Actually, no. Our former business partner is getting married. Oh, so. there you go. But we'll be there next year for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for hopping on. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what, what the next year holds for you. Thanks for all your help, Mateo. You guys are awesome. No worries. Hey, everyone. Chris Cooper here. I'm really thrilled to see you this year in June in Chicago at the 2019 Two Brain Summit. Every year, we have two separate speaking tracks. There's one for you, the business owner, and there's one for coaches that will help them make better, longer, more meaningful careers under the umbrella of your business. This year, we've got some pretty amazing topics like the client success manager, how to change your life organizational culture, the business owner's life cycle, how to have breaks, how to have vacations, how to help your marriage survive owning a business, motivation and leadership, how to convert more clients, how to create a GM position that runs your gym for you and leaves you free to grow your business, uh, how to start a business owner's group in your community and more. The point here is to do the right thing that will help gym owners create better businesses that will last them for the long term, get them to tinker phase, help them be more successful, create meaningful careers with their coaches, and give their clients a meaningful path to long-term health. We only do one big seminar every year, and that's the Two Brain Summit. And the reason that we do that is because a big part of the benefit is getting the Two Brain community together and, and welcoming strangers into our midst and showing them how amazing gym ownership really can be. We'll have a link to the Two Brain Summit, including a full list of all speakers and topics on both the owners and the coaches side in the show notes. 
I really hope to see you there. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We greatly appreciate you and everyone that has subscribed to us. If you haven't done that, please make sure you do. Drop a like to the episode, share with a friend, and if you haven't already, please write us a review and rate us on how what you think. If you hated it, let us know. If you loved it, even better. See you guys later. Bye.